Welcome to Rock Talk, the podcast where a couple of jabronis get to know the movie roles of Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I'm Jordan Rummel, joined as always by my good friend and co-host, Charlie Guile. Charlie, how you doing? I'm doing much better now that I've seen this movie. I (laughs) have heard about this movie for a really long time. I hadn't seen any of the series, and wow, was I making a mistake. Can't wait to talk about it, but yeah, my life is forever changed. Uh, Charlie, I feel so, so similarly. If you are just tuning into Rock Talk for the first time this summer, we're doing something called Fast Family Vacations, uh, where each every other week we take a look at another movie uh, from another cast member of the Fast and Furious gang. This week, we're watching Triple X, uh, the Vin Diesel 2002 action thriller. But before we get into this movie, it's time to give a brief look at our Rock News of the Week. That's fantastic news! And we only have one piece of rock news this week because we gotta get talking about this insane movie. And it's a pretty big piece of information. Uh, It's that Gal Gadot was recently cast to star along Dwayne Johnson in his upcoming movie, Red Notice. How do you feel about getting the band back together, Jordan? I have been waiting for Giselle to make her return to a Dwayne Johnson movie (laughs) for years. I'm so excited for this. Um, still don't know too much about this movie, uh, but I am excited to keep seeing big names attached. This is what we're seeing with like Jungle Cruise, uh, where, where just big names are jumping onto these Dwayne Johnson movies, and I'm pumped. Yeah, because if Dwayne Johnson's going to be the best actor in your movie, you're already kind of starting from a position of weakness. So when you have names like Emily Blunt and Gal Gadot uh, starring alongside Dwayne Johnson, That is a good sign. Really, the only thing that we know about this movie is that there was a huge bidding war to see which studio was going to make this movie. And I believe Universal ended up winning out. So that continues Dwayne Johnson's uh, relationship with Universal. And uh, can't wait to get the band back together, so to speak. But Jordan, does this preclude Giselle from being in any Fast and Furious movie? Are we going to see a Letty-like return from the grave? Wow. That's something I have not considered, but Fast and Furious, if it's taught us anything, it's that none of the characters are ever actually dead. <laughs> so I think there's a real strong chance that Giselle will make a return. Han will be back. Um, I feel good. Keep your eyes peeled for Fast 9. Um, I all these characters will be back. Don't get my hopes up, because if Han and Giselle return, that would be so huge. Um, yeah, Gal Gadot. I feel like we're going to be talking about her a lot. We have Wonder Woman coming up in a couple of episodes. So good news all around. But I think uh, that's all we have for news this week. Let's get talking about this movie. And that means it's time for Daddy to go to work. Daddy's got to go to work. As we've said, we are taking a look at Triple X. Came out in 2002, directed by Rob Cohen, who also directed the original Fast and Furious movie just one year before this movie came out. Um, it stars Vin Diesel and Samuel L. Jackson, and with a budget of $70 million, Triple X brought in just about $277 bucks worldwide. Unbelievable. So, I am just, shocked when I see that. Just to put it in perspective, The Fast and the Furious released one year prior. It only brought in $207 million, And the sequel, Too Fast, Too Furious, $236 million. So Triple wow. X was like making some real serious <laughs> coin. <laughs> so Triple X would have been a safer bet for a franchise than Fast and Furious. And I guess they did franchise it out. But Vin Diesel, I guess for the sequel, decided he didn't want to be associated with it. Kind of like... The Fast and the Furious. So I, what a year for Vin Diesel and Rob Cohen. Between the Fast and the Furious and Triple X, the dudes were killing it. Charlie, there's one other member of this starring cast I didn't bring up, and that's Asia Argento. Uh, she plays the lead kind of villain, and we'll get into it, but also maybe heroine in this movie. Um, but Charlie, she's notable. We've, we've seen her name a lot in the press these last few days. Uh, she's the... She's the girlfriend of uh, of the late Anthony Bourdain. 
Yeah, I mean, what weird timing. I've never seen a movie with her in it. I think the first time I'd ever really even heard her name was when she released a statement, you know, this past week after uh, the tragic death of Anthony Bourdain. So yeah, weird how sometimes the timing works out. But I gotta say, I thought she was one of the shining moments of this movie, which uh, had a ton of shining moments for me. This movie was one big shining moment, uh, <laughs> just surrounded in explosions and catchphrases. Um, so let's get into it because there is so much movie to dive into. Just a short plot summary to try and set the tone for what we're about to discuss. Xander Cage, who goes by the nickname Triple X, is a world-renowned thrill seeker forced to cooperate with the U.S. government to infiltrate an underground Russian crime ring. Using his natural athletic prowess and a whole lot of attitude, Xander must combat an organization led by a clever, ruthless, and nihilistic anarchist whose first target is the city of Prague. So we basically have Vin Diesel, and he plays this guy Xander Cage. And Charlie, from what I can tell in this movie, Xander Cage is basically an extreme athlete slash vlogger. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I was shocked to see that. So this movie opens with a cold open of sorts. And you're going to see a lot of parallels between this and the James Bond franchise. Enough to where we have a cold open. We have an opening song with like a ty- uh, an opening credit sequence. Uh, they took a lot of the uh, beats of a James Bond movie and just like added extreme sports to it. And I could not be happier. But this movie opens with our man X stealing a senator's <laughs> car and jumping it off of a bridge. And he has like video cameras in the car. When he put those in there, I'm not really sure. But yeah, he's like a viral star before there really was YouTube or anything like that. It's really a strange, it's strange like comment on on what 2002 pop culture was. He's almost <laughs> like an Ashton Kutcher, like punked character in a way. Oh, like yeah. He, he He's essentially like a bald Johnny Knoxville. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is exactly. essentially like extreme sport stunts, but filmed in the style of Jackass. Right. Um, so right. I guess I'm thinking like, I think at one point in this movie, somebody goes, oh, I loved you. I love your tapes. Like, yeah, that's weird. St- <laughs> that's an unsettling comment. <laughs> I can't still- handle the, this movie is very dated and like makes no qualms about how dated it is. There's like Tony Hawk is in this movie. Like- <laughs> yes, there is a cameo by Tony Hawk. I do want to talk about that because after he steals the Senator's car, which it's like a bright red Corvette that has a bumper, a huge bumper sticker on the back that says skateboarding is a crime. Oh so, my God. <laughs> That's how we I, know this dude is a jerk. Right. right. So is, is he running on some sort of like platform of like anti-skateboarding? Is that really what he is hanging his entire politics on? Look, this guy is just trying to clean up our streets, <laughs> uh, get these rascally tattooed skateboarders. Uh, off our rails and into into jobs where they belong. Also, you know, you notice his license plate said "Vote for Dick." <laughs> oh my gosh! Like I saw that joke coming from like a mile away because <laughs> Vin Diesel is like talking to the senator through the video camera, but it doesn't make much sense because I thought he was live streaming it on the internet, but it turns out that he's like just recording these, putting these out on tapes. But the senator is responding as if it's live and as if Xander Cage can hear him. That is so baffling. So he everything that we're led to believe is that he's recording these tapes to put them on the Internet or sell them or whatever. Blockbuster. I don't know what what Diesel is doing (laughs) in this movie. But somehow both the senator is able to respond to him in real time. And then also at the conclusion of this like car theft he enters a party of basically skateboarders and they're all like great trick X, you know, great steal. We all saw your, 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 your great steal X, but there's no way anyone could have seen it because they're not live streaming. Right. It hasn't been put out yet. Maybe they just, maybe they're in on the planning because it would have taken a ton of planning. 
Um, but I gotta say, I do love his secret base though. I love yes. this like secret base that he. <laughs> you has. know what it reminds me of is where the Foot Clan headquarters were in the original uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles <laughs> oh, no. movie, where the people is like graffiti everywhere. People are skateboarding. They're playing yeah. arcade games. That's a, I mean, in that movie, I think it was like 15 years earlier than Triple X. A lot of uh, mohawks in this movie. <laughs> well, I love the idea of like what a movie studio executive thinks like a punk is. And that right. is a trope that you see in a lot of movies. And I love it. I can't get enough of it. Everyone in this movie looked like a background singer from Good Charlotte. Like just <laughs> dyed, gelled hair. The amount of like flame tattoos was unbelievable. I could talk about Vin Diesel's tattoos in this movie yeah. forever. I mean, they're bizarre looking. They're kind of they're kind of like sleeves, but they're not there's like too much space in between the individual tattoos to make them like a full like big tattoo. It's just a ton of little tattoos on his arm. Right. It, it it's the most half-ass sleeve of all time. <laughs> like you a sleeve doesn't have that much white space. Like that and it's Maybe just... it does. I I don't know anything about tattoos, but I I got to I got to think that I'm sure those tribal tattoos have not aged well if we're talking about current day Xander Cage, which maybe it's time for us, not even for the podcast, but just for our own general, you know, enjoyment is to watch the uh, the one that came out like last year, the year before the glorious yeah. return of <laughs> the Cage. return, the return yeah. of I want to see I all as long as he still has the, the tattoo on the back of his neck, I'll be happy, <laughs> which this movie pans to probably 60 times. Especially to remind us. Yeah, especially like in the first 20 minutes or so. Like, how can you be a secret agent if you have a very identifying (laughs) tattoo like that? It's sort of like... A huge flame tattoo. (laughs) Right. Or any of his tattoos, really. Um, It really seems like he'd only be good for one mission. Because after that one mission, it's like, oh, hey, by the way, watch out for this like American NSA agent. Uh, he's got tattoos everywhere. Also, he's bald and he talks exactly like Vin Diesel. Yeah, well, and that's it's crazy because when he, you know, when we're jumping a little bit ahead here, but he ultimately gets, uh, he starts working for the NSA. And in his very first mission, one of the like Czechoslovakian guys recognizes who he is and like no one seems phased by it. Like this is the equivalent if the United States sent Bam Margera into like a top <laughs> secret like crime base and they were like, oh, you're Bam Margera. Uh, this is weird. But then like just like, you know, fully accept him as part of the crime base. Like like, like it's totally normal. Right. Which kind of goes back to the James Bond parallels that this movie has. Like because sometimes the James Bond movies, it's like. Oh, he's the most, he's like James Bond's like super famous super spy. And other times he's like <laughs> undercover. So this movie did the same thing. Uh, and I guess it's just one of those things we got to accept. And I'm more than willing to for a movie like this. One other thing that this movie asks us to accept is uh, the the coolness of video games. Because <laughs> just about every sing- every other line of dialogue is someone saying like, you know, don't shoot the gun like a cop. Shoot the gun like a PlayStation. <laughs> like... At one point, Xander Cage goes, well, I was in the hospital for a few months and played a lot of first-person shooter <laughs> video games. <laughs> that Spoken is a line like a of dialogue <laughs> from this movie that made $270 million in 2002 money. So It's oh, absurd. Wow. I want to talk about a little bit of this this sequence of of Xander Cage being recruited by the NSA um, and the lead agent that we meet from the NSA is played by Samuel L. Jackson, who's pretty much just playing every Samuel L. Jackson role he's ever he's ever had. He has a scar on his face. Um, but basically, they put him through this series of like psychological tests to deem if he would be a worthy agent in the field. And I actually this was my this favorite was, like, part of riveting. the movie. Yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> this was great. It I was mean, like so this... he was waking up in Saw scenarios. <laughs> it's like, yeah, the first five minutes of an episode of Black Mirror for like yeah, yeah. the first 30 <laughs> minutes of this movie. Yeah. 
So basically, they would like tranquilize him and he'd wake up in a new situation. My favorite one is the first one when he wakes up in the in the diner and <laughs> he's able to like determine that it's set up by the government and that it's like a like a simulation based on the stock markets. <laughs> yeah, this he he immediately is able to recognize uh like based on a a, a guy reading a financial Times Financial newspaper. Times on a Sunday. So, and then he also looks at the waitress's ankles, which was like a weird shot that like, I guess it paid off, but it just, it felt weird. No, it lingers for way too long. Is this waitress, <laughs> she just has very large ankles and the camera like really zooms in and like really lets us focus on them. <laughs> and it doesn't make any sense in the moment, but it's revealed that since she's wearing high heels... Yeah. There's no way she could be a real waitress. No self-respecting waitress would wear high heels for a full day shift or something like that. So like he's I guess it's all to like point out all of the government's flaws and like the whole point is to see how perceptive he is. Uh but I loved that. I mean they did it to him like twice cuz the next time he like wakes up in a Colombian coca farm. Yeah, the stakes are infinitely higher in the second round. <laughs> yeah. He of goes training. straight from <laughs> diner to like <laughs> drug cartel. <laughs> also, like I get that they're trying to vet him, like see if he's gonna be a good agent. But this is not a guy with military background. Like, like maybe one day he could become an agent. Like, why would you drop him in the middle? Like, if you think he has potential, why are you putting him? in a situation where he will almost surely die. Well, they do this, like, I think, like, three different times in the movie where they drop him into a scenario that he thinks is one way, but it turns out the government has orchestrated it in, an, in another way. So the first time he wakes up in the diner, turns out it's just a simulation. So the next time he wakes up and he's dropping, like, literally <laughs> base jumping <laughs> into this drug cartel-owned farm, he thinks it's another simulation, but it turns out it's very real. But then later on in the movie, he also thinks the situation is real. And then turn turn turns around and you see basically proto Nick Fury has yep. like <laughs> orchestrated it the whole time. So the whole there's there's a lot of like double crossing and reveals in this movie that I couldn't really keep straight, which is probably saying something for my movie watching like skills if Triple X is confusing to me. Triple <laughs> <laughs> X is was probably the most confusing movie that didn't I don't think it wanted to be confusing. I think it really wanted to hold our hands pretty much all the way through. But when you spend the first hour, and this is by the way, this is an over two hour long movie. This movie's not I like, could not believe when you text me at one point, because we kind of watched this at the same time, you text me and said, Oh my gosh, there's another 40 minutes in this movie. <laughs> and my soul broke. Not because <laughs> I mean, like I said, I I really enjoyed this movie, but wow, was it long? Yeah, I will say um, I want to talk about that the scene at the the cocaine plantation a little bit more because it introduced us to three characters. Um, none of them stuck around very long. One of them uh, was it, two of them were people that were also in the helicopter, the plane with Vin Diesel. Um, one of them was just someone I like to call uh, identical to Vin Diesel. Because it's just uh, like a bald dude that looks exactly like Xander Cage in this movie. The other dude is uh, completely addicted to cocaine. And when they land, he spends the entire mission like stuffing cocaine plants in his pants. Okay. (laughs) Obviously, he doesn't know much about the process of cocaine because you can't like just take the plants and be like, oh, hey, look, I got cocaine now. Like, I'm sure that there's a process. (laughs) Like turning... there seems to be a step between raw plant and, and finished product. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, it's confusing to me because I imagine that all of the people on this plane have passed the diner test or something similar to it. So yeah. you'd think they would be displaying a little more like tact no, to the situation. Not at all. Um, um, God, there's so much about this Colombian cocaine farm scene that i love i I think one of the things that this movie does and once you start 
once you notice it, it's all like it's the only thing you can see is they reverse engineer all of the set pieces to make motorcycle tricks useful. Right. <laughs> right. So like <laughs> I guess there's some like motorcycle tricks where you like hang your legs off the side in midair and then you get back on. But like he's using that to like kick people in midair. It's <laughs> so funny. My favorite was when he he goes off a ramp and he holds on to the seat with his legs suspended behind the bike yes. and then shoots a guy with one shoots a guy with one hand. Like they were they clearly were like, all right, we got like five motorcycle tricks and we gotta build a movie around these things. Because right. they, <laughs> That's but where they started. What? They didn't do a bad job. No, they I think what happened is somebody saw like the X games while flipping <laughs> through the channels and was like, hmm. I got an idea. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> wow. So this is all before we haven't even... This is all just to determine if Xander Cage is going to be uh, employed by the NSA to infiltrate this Russian gang. We have not even met them up until this point in the movie. But we soon do. And I want to talk about uh, these villains that we get. These This group of... This crime syndicate... Was their whole deal just they wanted anarchy? Was that their whole thing? <laughs> well, I guess on the surface it is, but uh, you need to refer to them by their Christian name, Anarchy 99. <laughs> That's right. Jeez, they These said are that all a f- freaking so many times. thousand times in this movie. So many times. Uh, and this movie also has one of my favorite tropes, which is like people in foreign countries only speaking English to each other when nobody else is around. <laughs> <laughs> Only for the audience's benefit. So this movie vacillates between people speaking in heavily accented English when they are completely alone. And then sometimes when they're speaking like their native language, we are getting subtitles for things that we absolutely don't need. Like at one point, you see like these two guards talking to each other. And it's like, how how was your weekend? He's like, oh, man, I'm tired. Like, we didn't need a right. subtitle for that. <laughs> Unnecessary added context. <laughs> right. Now, the one thing that we get about these guys is that they apparently like are they they deal cars, which had to be, you know, knowing that this came just a year after Fast and Furious, it had to it seems like even the villains, their entire, you know, what they operate in was designed to get Vin Diesel behind uh the wheel of another car and do oh. like more car stunts and yeah. chases. This movie also does the thing that Fast and Furious does, which is people are talking to each other in adjacent speeding cars <laughs> as if they're right next to each other, like in the same car. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. No, um, but I guess we should probably talk about how he sort of infiltrates this crew, the Anarchy 99. Basically, um, he immediately blows his cover, basically saying, oh, cops suck, like... And so these guys trust him because he busts like one of the secret um, police members in this, yeah. in this insane like winter themed club. Oh, see, yeah, that's like an it was like an igloo club, right? Like that was it was like <laughs> right. a it was, that was the theme club. This movie is bounces between uh, different clubs and then castles. We go from club <laughs> to castle to castle so to many club. Castles. <laughs> way too many i mean how many castles is too many castles and i think that this movie found that out and i think that, i think i counted at one point there's like three different castles that they go to in this movie and to see that this crew anarchy 99 has spent their resources in securing a castle just seems like a a, a waste of their limited resources you would think right but at the same time these guys i mean all I can tell that they do when they're not like, I guess we find out they're bio, they're making biochemical weapons or whatever, but all they're doing in their spare time is throwing like, uh, raves and <laughs> hosting like, like sex parties at the castle. One thing we didn't really talk about was like the punk show at the beginning where the band, oh. they're playing, there's like flamethrowers everywhere. Uh, there are people dancing by themselves a lot. I noticed that. that it's just like a, a big mosh, that. but like people are like solo <laughs> dancing, like kind of doing their own thing. Um, but the I wrote down the lyrics to the punk song at the beginning. It says, bang, bang, fire, fire. 
Those are the only <laughs> lyrics in that first song. And Charlie, I could be wrong, but it seems as if we hear the entire song from start to finish. Because, but, <laughs> but Xander Cage and the head of Anarchy ninety nine. So Xander's trying to ingratiate himself with this leader. So you know he's like, oh cops suck, but he also like quotes lyrics to punk songs. But they're talking to each other at like a conversational volume. Meanwhile, there's like a like it reminded me a lot of the flamethrower guitarist from Mad Max, <laughs> <laughs> just on stage, yes. this insanity. Meanwhile, they're just like talking to each other at like. Like the volume that we're talking to each other <laughs> like, right now. Like for them, this is a normal thing that right. just happens just all the time. Um, <laughs> God, I don't. Can we I, talk about the clothes in this movie? I know oh. that there's a lot of plot we could get to, but I'd rather spend the time talking about the clothes. So, I mean, where do you want to start? We have Vin Diesel's <laughs> pants. Okay, is... we need to talk. Yes, what he wears <laughs> at the cocaine farm is unbelievable. <laughs> it is. A white tank top, so half of his wedding outfit from Fast Five. That's or right. Fast Six. And then he is wearing the ugliest motorcycle, like motocross racing pants. Like, like it's no big deal. Huge and then later he puts on a jacket. Pants. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's you know, thank God he classed it up. Um <laughs> it it does beg the question though, because the scene at the farm takes place immediately following the scene at the diner. Um, and in between those scenes, he is tranquilized and he's not wearing what he was wearing in the diner at the <laughs> cocaine farm. So someone had to put on these crazy pants on yeah. Vin Diesel. I guess um, we could probably retcon that and be like, oh, well, that's probably what some NSA agent thought would be like thought was cool. And so they just threw these crazy <laughs> things on him. I think we're thinking about this way too much because. He seems very proud of those clothes. But yeah, whose job was that at the NSA to like strip Vin naked? And like, you know, it was Vin, uh, Samuel L. Jackson <laughs> not blinking the entire time, just staring at him. <laughs> oh, God. Another item of clothing that we get a lot of Vin Diesel in uh, are fur coats. And it's not just this one. movie is top to bottom <laughs> fur coats. Everyone is wearing some crazy wide lapeled jackets that are so grossly like furry. They're, they They're don't look huge. like fine. They look oh. like somebody skinned a dog <laughs> and <laughs> put it on there. <laughs> That's what it looks it's like. It's true. It's gross. I, it's like golden retrievers. <laughs> multiple golden retrievers stitched together. Especially Vin's like... Especially Vin's like signature fur coat, uh, the one that I hope one day will be put in the Smithsonian Museum of American <laughs> History because it's that important. Are you talking about the one that's like it's also a duster? It's yeah, like it's, a like a... <laughs> <laughs> it's like a. It's like a fur duster. He's like so kinky crazy. Neo from the Matrix. <laughs> um, yeah, apparently Zuckerberg bought that. No. Yeah, Zuckerberg bought that fur at an auction because he and his friends uh, used to love this movie. Newfound respect for Facebook and Zuckerberg. Right, he should have worn it to the Senate hearing that he was at a couple of months ago. (laughs) Missed opportunity. You want to stick it to the government, you got to dress like Xander Cage. (laughs) He should have been vlogging it the whole time. (laughs) Don't be a dick. Dick. It's like, excuse me, Mr. Zuckerberg, you're at a hearing. We just swore you in. Now, that's the thing, though. That's so Vin Diesel does have some choice lines in this movie. Uh, a couple that stuck out to me, one of them is a pretty fast and furious reminiscent quote, and that's when he goes, I like anything fast enough to do something stupid in. Uh, <laughs> gave me some real chills. And then another one I didn't catch. You said that you told me uh, offline that this had a payoff, but he goes... That cigarette is going to kill you one day, which I just like because it was another – he doesn't drink in this movie. He talks about <laughs> video games in this movie. Like, he doesn't smoke. Like, he's a walking PSA. Right. Essentially, yeah. I, I, I think that this movie was funded probably by Dare. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, because it's all about, like, video games are cool. Cops suck. Extreme sports are cool. But you know what's not cool? Drinking and smoking. Because Vin <laughs> Diesel um, orders – 
uh, a cranberry and club soda. It's like very specific. Like Why you know, did they, James Bond so has loud. his martinis. Right. James Bond has martinis. So Vin needed, you know, a, a non-alcoholic co- signature cocktail. Cranberry and club soda is a weird go-to. It's just, I, it sounds good, but it just seems like a... It's a spritzer. A, yeah. Uh... <laughs> Ref, sounds refreshing. The dude needed to be refreshed. I mean, because he ordered that at the flamethrower club, so maybe it just got a little hot in there or something. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I I loved every little weird detail. But, yeah, the, the quote about the cigarette ended up paying off. Like, they plant that seed, like, 40 minutes into the movie, and it pays off, like, near the end. He's He says, um, one of the henchmen's, like, smoking... And he's like, you know, one day that the cigarette's going to kill you. And then the, the guy responds like, oh, I love smoking. I would smoke in my sleep if I could. <laughs> um, which I thought that's was what weird. people say. <laughs> right. And at the end of the movie, like that's that guy's downfall. You know, his cigarette. They're like, it's like a heat-seeking <laughs> rocket. And... <laughs> Oh, my God. I forgot about the scene. Uh, so they're, like, searching out for this guy because he has a sniper. And the only thing they have at their disposal is, like, a heat-seeking rocket. And so he's like, oh, he's a smoker. And so they fire it. And you see, like, the CGI rocket, like, zigzag. This is indoors, mind you. Uh, <laughs> like, through these corridors, and it blows the guy up. Um, and I, I read on IMDb that that heat-seeker prop was uh, a spray-painted video like camcorder oh love it love it 70 million dollar budget and that's what they used yeah Um, i mean speaking of the budget um they obviously didn't spend it on cgi because it looks pretty horrific even by 2002 standards there is uh and this is i think maybe a function of we just watched san andreas which has some of like Probably, I would say, the strong, some of the strongest CGI that we've watched for this podcast. But there is an avalanche scene much later in this movie. And the snow, that the, the way the mountain falls is so unsettlingly fake and right. odd. Like, it looked creamy. Like it, Yeah, like, there's no depth to it at all. Um, you don't see, like, the individual, like sections of like powder coming down it just looks like this big fog that's behind him and you can like clearly see that they've like um uh oh what do they call that well they've essentially like green screened him in so they'll like zoom in on him because he's supposed to be snowboarding down this mountain because of course he's snowboarding down this mountain uh and he's like like acting like whoa whoa like (laughs) even by 2002 standards it looks so fake so does in this movie does he he pretty much travels on every mode of like transportation that there is like he skydives. There's no rollerblading. I wish that there, there was some rollerblading. There is roller no rollerblading. That's true. <laughs> we get I mean we get him in a boat. He rock climbs at one point. Uh, yes. Like he does just about like everything I can think of. Yeah, minus rollerblading. But we haven't seen the sequel, so that maybe that might be a, a stone that they uncover later on. And another James Bond trope that they use in this movie is the uh, famous like Q gadget introduction scene. Only this guy is like a Xander Cage fanboy that they bring in. Yeah, he's like, oh man, I wish I could Xander be out in the Cage. field. Yeah, he's just like trying to bro <laughs> out with him, um, which I thought was great. But he introduces him to a couple of gadgets. One of which is like it looks like bandages, but they really huge bombs i mean (laughs) these things are like the size of a silver dollar yet they explode with the force of like a hundred pounds of dynamite it is insane he pretty much blows up one of the many castles with only those (laughs) band-aids in this movie he does but the second uh gadget that we're introduced to is kind of one that i want to talk about because it is never (laughs) actually used in the plot it is only for this one beat that really has not aged very well. And that is like these like Swiss Army binoculars that have like an X-ray uh, mode on it. But they call it penetrator mode. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Basically, you can just like see ladies in their underwear. And they they take the time to show us that. Which is a beat, another beat from uh, one of the Pierce Brosnan um James Bond movies, he has like x-ray glasses. And the way oh that they do it in God. that movie is much 
like it looks cooler, but this is just like straight CGI of like boobies. It's weird too because I mean, I want to dive into the science of these goggles for a second because <laughs> are you telling me that these binoculars can toggle between being regular binoculars, binoculars that can show you someone's bones and then also just underwear binoculars? <laughs> right. Something powerful enough to get through clothes, but not too powerful to get through some clothes? <laughs> Didn't understand it. How does but... this thing differentiate between like a t-shirt and your underwear? Yeah. Well, good thing the movie never asks us to think about it again. <laughs> no, because as soon as it's gone, you're moving on to something else. Um, which is probably another set piece or stunt. I got to say some of the stunts in this movie are pretty cool and then some of them are so CGI that they're so that they're completely ridiculous. But I got to say the first uh the first stunt in the movie where he drives the car off the bridge and then mm-hmm. jumps off is very reminiscent of Fast 7 when Brian and Dom jumped the cor- that was another Corvette that they jumped into the ravine and then right. like, skydived off of. So for a, for a movie in 2002 to pull off a stunt that like is so visceral and real like this I thought was really cool. Do we want to talk about kind of the you know Xander Cage basically finds out that the Anarchy 99 group has been creating this biological weapon and they're going to use it to destroy Prague which is a weird <laughs> A weird choice. I mean, shouts to Prague, but it does seem strange that (laughs) what is at stake in this movie is Prague of all (laughs) cities. So this isn't like, oh, he's they're gonna destroy, you know, every major city in Europe. It's well, we're gonna Prague is the test case here. Like they're the guinea pigs. It's also it's hard to get your audience behind like like okay. Yes, would it be bad if Prague were destroyed by biological weapons? I'm not saying it wouldn't be. But <laughs> but like like these villains seem like they have such grander schemes. The entire movie they're talking about like setting the world in chaos and watching it burn, but like this is how they're going to start that? Right. Through like this weird tiny submarine thing that they call it. Oh yeah, that's yeah, a little on the nose there, uh, right. Rob Cohen and company. <laughs> it's nice that these like Eastern European dudes still can appreciate you know American literature. <laughs> but, but and and why? Why you're devising this ultimate weapon that you that you have said the whole movie is going to turn the world into complete disorder? Why would it only be able to operate in this like river running through Prague, like? It, right, like, any major landlocked city would be a hundred percent safe. Totally safe. <laughs> All you have to do is not be near water, and you're going to be okay. Because <laughs> totally this fine. thing is a submarine that launches chemical weapons into the air. Like it just seemed like a really convoluted thing. Like, why couldn't they just launch rockets? Right. Why did it have to like be? A, why did it have to be a submarine that never goes underwater? By the way, <laughs> right? It just coasts. It's a boat. It operates like a boat, but it looks like a submarine, and they keep referring to it as a submarine. (laughs) And it would be so much more stealthy if it was going underwater. But no, everybody can see this thing. People are lining the streets. When we get this climactic chase of Xander Cage, like, chasing down the weapon, there's, like, I don't know, all 500 people who live in Prague are, like, lining the streets (laughs) watching this thing go down. Right. It's, it's like, oh, everybody, come subtle. see the submarine. Come see the boat that's going on the water really fast. And there's a man, a very bald man, riding on top of it. Yeah, I, I thought that was super weird and convoluted. I think maybe they just had like a really cool sketch design for a submarine and then realized that if it was underwater the whole time, they would have wasted all that money. So it's like, oh, Couldn't let's see make it. this thing visible the whole time. <laughs> So, I mean, essentially, Xander Cage saves the day because he's able to uh, jump on top of this submarine as it's going and, like, rip out a hard drive. This is also in the era of movie making when, like, computers meant everything. All you had to do was say computers or hard drive and nobody would ask any questions. No one batted an eye 
and and it also asks us to assume that Xander Cage knows all of this stuff about computers and hard drives. Like, again, here's a guy who, you know, 48 hours ago was just basically a skateboarder. He was like literally a member of an extreme sports crew. And here he is like he's like hacking into this this bioweapon. Made no sense. <laughs> Obviously, he understands new media if he's able to videotape all of his stuff. And ostensibly live stream it? Question mark. Um, so he's just a smart guy. I guess one thing we haven't really talked about is his love interest in this movie. What was her name? I cannot remember it. That's the um, thing. Nobody's names really matter in this movie. You have Nick Fury. You have Vin Diesel, and then just a bunch of like Eastern European looking dudes. Yeah, it was a lot of like Victors and and Kolias. Um, his love interest is Yelena, which I don't remember hearing ever in this movie. I don't remember. I don't think it, it matters. No. <laughs> and I believe Azia Argento is like straight up Italian. So the fact that she's playing, I, I just think whoever cast her is like, eh, she's got an accent. So we can like, she can be like from some Soviet era country and nobody will ask any questions. Now, her whole deal in this film is pretty interesting because we meet her. Uh, and she's the girlfriend of the big bad guy at Anarchy 99. But ultimately, we learn she's like a double agent for the the Russian government or the or I mean, whatever yeah. government that I don't even I don't even know. I don't even she's really a double know. agent for for a foreign government and is also trying to help bring down Anarchy 99. But I thought that they, were, they revealed that twice. Like at one point. She told him, like, oh, I'm not who you think I am. And I thought that was like, oh, well, yeah, she's a double agent. And then, like, 10 minutes later, she's like, I have to tell you something. I'm a secret agent for my government. <laughs> and you're like, I, you just told us that. Right, you're like, and we're right. supposed to. Right. This is the second time that, oh, I bet you what it is, is that Vin Diesel has short-term memory loss from mm. all of the concussions that he suffered from the stunts. Yeah. You know what he doesn't seem to think is very cool are helmets. <laughs> yeah not right one now. helmet to be seen which would <laughs> actually make things easier to shoot uh stunt wise because you just put a guy in a helmet and you can basically anyone could do the stunt and you could say it was Vin diesel but instead I they wish do that the we weird, got like an early version of the face replacement stuff that i just abs it, just, it looks so bad it's jarring it's and it's all like clipped everything was like fuzzy and clipped uh one thing i just want to mention because we didn't get i don't really know what i don't really know how we were going to bring this up but i just needed to there was a scene in this movie when xander cage is i think in some sort of cave i think he's what he was spying on anarchy 99 uh building the bio uh chemical weapon they're chasing him through the cave and to escape he suspends himself on the ceiling of this cave, <laughs> like fully extended, like a like a bat or something. Fully, yeah. It's like, kind of like I think they did that in Mission Impossible first. Whatever he's like holding himself up against the ceiling, and the guards are down below him. And the way that he ultimately gives away his position is one of the grossest things I've ever <laughs> seen in a movie. I noticed the, it too because that's another trope. Yes. Like the he has like the the driplets of sweat like coming off of his head and it like and it lands on the guards and so they look up and like oh who is this? But the amount of liquid that they used in this scene <laughs> yeah. is unbelievable. Like it looks, it like, looks like someone just got water slimed. Bottle. Yeah, oh, gross. <laughs> gross no yeah usually the way that they shoot this is like oh it's like a very tense moment like you can see him start to sweat and like the sweat is starting to pool at their nose and a single drop gives them yeah. away and there's some tension but here it's like you see him sweating and then it cuts <laughs> it's almost like cut for comedy like uh you you cut to the two guards just seeing like Drip, 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 <laughs> splash of sweat. The whole movie been doing the most insane stunts without breaking a sweat. And right. meanwhile, you have, like, <laughs> this is what causes the sweat? So, so gross. But I could also empathize with it in a weird <laughs> way. <laughs> I saw a lot weird. of myself in that moment. Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, as far as this movie, like the editing goes, um, there's a lot of continuity errors, and they mostly have to do with tattoos in this movie. If you pay attention close enough, like scene to scene, 
his tattoos like will switch like the ones that was on his right arm suddenly they're on his left arm he has the triple x tattoo on the back of his neck that disappears for scenes so (laughs) they weren't too worried about that and it turns out that nobody was really paying attention or cared anyway so lazy for a character like built around his tattoos like get it just get that one detail (laughs) especially and these are tattoos that we get revealed at the end of the movie in like a little like a a little sequel teaser at the end where they're like he's on a beach in mexico and he gets a call from samuel l jackson saying we have another mission we learned that uh xander cage has nipple tattoos which i found very interesting I completely forgot about that. Oh my gosh, man! I would love a like a sequel movie about his tattoo artist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I maybe that would have been a cool way to do it. Like each tattoo is a different mission that he's been on, yes. and like we're able to like get the behind the scenes story. I don't know. I mean, like I said, beat for beat, this is like a straight up 007 ripoff, and obviously it worked for them. But I think that they're maybe could have been a more interesting story to tell. Uh, That isn't to say that I didn't love this movie because I was laughing and cheering and watching this. Just, I I stopped taking notes about 30 minutes into this movie because I was just watching it. Yeah, I'm with you. It was enthralling. Uh, This movie felt magical. It was this weird, (laughs) you know, like dated uh, movie where the references didn't really work and the costumes didn't really work. But... It was like everything I love from the Fast and Furious movies distilled into this very like pure form. I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't I could not look away and it was two hours. Um, but it was a pretty well spent two hours. I had a lot of fun. Uh, oh, for sure. And before we sign off uh, on this episode, there are a few different things that I wanted to talk about. And something that I found as inexplicable as the famous scene in No Holds Barred with the fake out butt, (laughs) then real butt reveal. There is something as crazy as that in this movie. So um, about halfway through, the the leader of Anarchy 99, whom uh, Xander Cage has ingratiated himself, basically is like, you know, you can sample any of our pleasures in this castle that we live in, one of three castles that we live in. And he's like... And and one of he's like so like you can go to your room and so he walks in his room and there is like a woman pole dancing on one of the bedposts with like thousands of candles surrounding her in this room and the reveal is the craziest thing because she's already dancing when she he opens dancing. the door she is in full motion like you said there are there are hundreds of lit candles. <laughs> in this huge castle room um and and it is so jarring she's in like a bikini she's totally grinding on this bed and vin diesel doesn't miss a beat no dude he's like because he just (laughs) struck out with the love interest right Mm -hmm. and so he's just like oh well i guess i'm gonna make the best of a bad situation and bang this lady it's crazy i have questions like was she just dancing the whole time until he opened? Like, how long was she in there dancing for? Was the soundtrack music supposed to be like, was it implied that it was also playing like in the universe of the movie at that time? Well, right. Because that's what she's dancing to. She's dancing to the music. <laughs> but it's just and like soundtrack the music, music, which for this movie is like a lot of like Euro techno. Like boop boop doop doop yes. boop doop doop boop, and she's like dancing to it, but it was ex- it's also the soundtrack music, so I'm not really sure. Anyway, it was just a very inexplicable thing. That scene goes on way too long, also, because we get like slow motion shots of Vin Diesel removing his clothing and like passionately kissing her on the bed. Like for a PG-13 movie, like they really took it to a weird place. <laughs> right. It was super weird, uh, but that to me was the most, that was like the craziest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, this movie was cr- like so insane and so very, like the whole flavor of this movie is so very specific. It was like as if Ed Hardy directed a movie, um, but <laughs> one person that I thought like, Jordan, I think you've seen this, um, Kyle Mooney's character on SNL, Chris Fitzpatrick. Yes. Oh, it was very much like if he (laughs) this would be like his favorite movie. Yeah. All punk, all skateboarding. 
counterculture, man. So, Charlie, that's about our discussion of Triple X. This was our first Fast Family Summer Vacation flick. Uh, just, you know, we're going to ultimately, we'll be able to give our rankings at the end of this summer of where we think each of these movies fit in. But just an initial, your your kind of your final thought here, did Triple X live up to everything you thought it was going to be? I could not have asked for more. It pretty much delivered at beat by beat. Gave me everything that I wanted from a movie like this. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it, shockingly. And, I mean, when we're done with Fast Family Vacation, I could see this being uh, at or near the top. Yeah, uh, I I couldn't agree more. These next few movies this summer have a lot to live up to. We started on a super high note with Triple X. I couldn't couldn't be more thrilled with how much fun it was uh, and how similar it felt to Fast and Furious to me, but like, like weird James Bond, Fast and Furious. I really, really enjoyed this movie. Um, but we will be doing these again all summer long, as we've talked about. In two weeks, we're going to be taking a look at Crank. Uh, so please do yourself a freaking favor. If you haven't seen Crank, go on the internet. That's where you get movies these days. And <laughs> and then download Crank because... Buy it. Buy, buy it. it. Buy it. Buy the, because the, the box set. You will want to watch this movie. Right, right. I don't own the sequel, but I did buy Crank used at some like bookstore. I was with you, Jordan. That's right. At some bookstore in Maine. I just found it for like a couple of bucks and I bought it. Best purchase I've ever made. Buy it. Get ready for this movie because I can't hype it enough. So thank you as always for listening. Um, if you haven't yet, do us uh, a little a little slippity, slippy solid. Follow us on our social media accounts. You can find us on Mark Zuckerberg's Facebook at facebook.com slash rock talk pod. Uh, you can find us on Mark Zuckerberg's Instagram at rock talk pod. <laughs> and we're also on Twitter at rock talk pod. So we made it real, real easy for you jabronis. And uh, if you haven't yet, please leave us a five star review on iTunes. I say it every week. I'm not going to stop saying it. It's the number <laughs> one thing that you can do to help us out and uh, join us in two weeks as we look at Jason Statham's magnum opus crank. See you then jabronis. Can you smell what they're cooking?